Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, hey, hello. All the leavers and believers and special guests, the unsaved of Leaving Hillsong who are not yet converted, welcome back to this conversation. We hope to bring you to the altar call of critical thinking after this chat. I am so excited about this conversation. It's come after a long time and a lot of interaction so to give you a little bit of context, I was born in South Africa and we didn't get TV till I was five years old. And then not long after that, we moved to Australia and started watching Days of Our Lives when I was six. There was so much more TV and went on to spend three years in the United States in the early 80s and watched a lot of TV there and consumed a lot of pop culture Throughout the 80s, as we did, I read all the magazines and, yeah, apart from a brief period of abstinence from the devil's music, it's just been something I love. And on reflection, I think it's because in some ways, not having family in this country, there's no one to gossip about on a daily basis. So uh, I wonder if 
that's part of the reason why Australians were always the number one buyers of women's magazines and celebrity magazines in the world. But the other thing as well is being a part of a Pentecostal church or this kind of Hillsong brand church doesn't really help the celebrity obsession, whether it's a celebrity directly like the Justin Bieber phenomenon at Hillsong or just that celebrity pastor style that's encouraged, like what happened with Carl Lentz. It's a very celeb-focused environment and I have a brain for all kinds of useless, useless trivia. The Word of Faith movement has also just turned the Bible into a bunch of stories that these pastors like to apply at will to their lives with kind of superhero characters that you can follow along. So I really don't know anymore the difference between, you know, Moses and Aquaman and Jason Momoa anymore. So, for you know, for anyone who wondered why I randomly brought up the Johnny Depp trial, Houston's herds is all just, it's all just people desperately competing for attention, isn't it? And I think we also have to hold Jeff Bullitt quite responsible for making those really catchy tunes back in the day that sunk in so deep, like you hear every week on this show. So you can imagine my excitement when I got an email that said, Hi, my name's Rich McHugh and I worked with Ronan Farrow on the Harvey Weinstein case. And I knew exactly that story there. And Rich had taken an interest in Hillsong and he wanted to have a chat. And what I only put that poor man through, you know, he'd say like, Okay, Tanya, what's this about this Royal Commission? And I was like... Does Ronan Farrow really look like that close up? But then extremely patient and and because of the nature of this topic and Rich's tenacity, we've become quite firm colleagues. But before he was a supervising producer in the NBC News investigative unit, Rich had over 20 years of investigative journalist experience. Now, after that investigation was shut down at NBC... It was published in the New Yorker magazine and it won the Pulitzer Prize. As a contributor to Vanity Fair, Rich then interviewed over 30 Weinstein accusers and published an oral history of a predator in Vanity Fair. He also has five Emmy Awards for his work after spending nearly a decade at ABC News producing for Good Morning America. I really hope you enjoy In Bed With The Devil with Rich McHugh. Hey Rich, good morning. Good morning, Tanya. Thank you, you so much it. for yeah. I'm so excited. Sorry. I'm happy to happy to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, me here at Leaving Hillsong. Wow, so much to discuss. Um, all right. Well, let's start with you know what drew you to this this particular topic. You had just finished up that the Weinstein expose stuff. Hey. When you started taking an interest, I I had a little look back in the inbox and it was October of 2018 that you first got in touch with me. So it's been a while that, yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So that's what, almost four years ago. So, okay. So how did I first get interested? I, I was in a place where I, so I just, the Weinstein story had come out. I had left NBC more or less in protest because of of their killing it 
yes. the story and they're ordering me to stop reporting. I took time off. I didn't work in the news business for a little bit. Uh, I, I took time off and I was also going through a time where I had lost, I lost one of my parents at the time. My, my father had passed away. And so I took time off. And in that time, you know, one of the sources for me on the Weinstein story, who was an editor in Hollywood circles, she kind of reached out as a friend and said, hey, check this out. This, have you ever heard of this Hill song? And I was like, I kind of had heard of it only because of the Bieber take of, yeah. of it in yeah. America. So I said, I'll, I'll like, you think this would be a good story for me? And she's like, I don't know. Something about it tells me that you'd be interested in it. And she sent me a post. It was like crazy days and nights post uh, written somewhere in Hollywood. I think it was by NT, NT lawyer, I believe. And it talked about this church and the celebrity and that there's, scandal you know goes all the way to the highest ranks and the pastors and i was like if this is true this is like this is right up my alley and so that was that was the initial kind of like ah okay this is this is a good story because it's the intersection of celebrity money faith international it's got it's got everything that was it Oh, yeah, there's something for everyone in this story. And then, I mean, what happened when you took a closer look? Because we talked about it a bit earlier. I remember you being a little bit cautious at first, like not just wanting to dive into, you know, attacking any kind of church or, you know, Mm -hmm. unnecessarily being negative about faith or you know people's expressions of faith so you know what did you find when when you did start looking well a couple things i mean i i was raised a catholic and still i'm catholic but i I know that there are tremendous abuses in the catholic church so you need to be uh it's just not overreaching when you go forward with a story on on a on a church you got you just got to be right and know that you're right number 1 i just come off the Weinstein story you know where <laughs> Weinstein had um hired black cube and these massad former massad people to kind of track the journalists that were after him so i was uh you know coming off a period where i was not gun shy but just like a little bit weary of powerful institutions and so i think you were one of my first calls like i I approached this almost like a private investigator would like casing a joint i just kind of poked around i didn't make any calls and then i saw that you had done an interview you'd written a book and i was like aha like you would be my my first call and so i think when i spoke to you you were one of the things that you said to me was like this isn't you know they are powerful they're litigious this is you know a bit like Scientology light, you know, Scientology in a, in a different way. And so I had known how litigious yeah. Scientology is. And I was like, okay, I just need to tread cautiously and just speak to as many people kind of like below the radar and get a sense of this story as possible before I'm even on the radar. Yeah. Because I really don't know anything about this organization, but if they are as powerful as it seems, uh, I need to be careful. What do you think just on that? Like, in hindsight with the comparison to Scientology I wonder who's kind of bigger at this point it's yeah I mean that was the way when I was when I was thinking about it like 
whether it's true or not, but that that's this was Scientology for millennials. That that's the way it was. Uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. able to to mm-hmm. kind of digest it here in the states for people, and they're like, ah, I get it, because there's all these like hipsters flocking to these churches. There's celebrities. There's the Tom Cruise figure in Justin Bieber. It had all the the connections, and so once you once you frame it that way. Yeah. For our legal lawyers out there, whether it's right or wrong, like that's how I was thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. So. And and then how? Like, what conclusions did you come to? You know, what what would be your position now? What are your thoughts now on what Hillsong is? From what? Well, I can only state my belief, and you know, and and it is my belief that those initial takes were were accurate. That this is an organization that you know may have been created with the best of intentions back in the day, back in the early church. Yeah. But somewhere along the way, it has changed its mission and become an organization designed to protect the organization at all costs. Mm. And, you know, as Jeff Bullock has said recently in, in an interview, he said, you know, I don't see a lot of Jesus in it. And I would say that that's true. Like the people that I've spoken to, including you, but many others who were, were in the church and some in the early church, you know, they say that there is just, it's, it's a power hungry institution that, that, you know, it is, it is not a place you leave. They don't want you to leave and they make it very hard for you. There's tremendous, like some of the people that I, you know, I think when I came to Australia and, and met with you back in, I think it was 2019, mm-hmm. I was still trying to figure out how to, how to you know, get in and, and if there was really this story here. And I met with some former college students and one of them was so terrified and I think had had like suicidal ideations and had gone through a lot with, with his experience. And he was still in the church and still terrified and still believing that they had the best of intentions, you know, for the church and for him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like if this is, if this is one person that I'm meeting on my first kind of like dipping my toe into the water, like yeah. there must be yeah. a lot of others. Yeah. It ends up not being so random. Hey. And so coincidental, the more people you talk to, what else were people telling you? It, it, it was, it, well, they were like, they were terrified. They thought they, they, they were the only ones. They had signed non-disclosure agreements, so they couldn't talk to me. I was like, wait a minute, you're a part of a church and you're, you've signed a non-disclosure. Why did you sign a non-disclosure agreement? Like, what does that have to do with the church? And they're like, well, it's part of the, the intake process in you know Hillsong College. And I was like, all right, well, that's just, that's bizarre. But I just come from the wine scene world where like, everybody had been NDA'd. And so it was something I was versed in. And so hearing these students and these, you know, people inside the church spout this back to me, I was like, wait a minute, you you don't even realize like you're, you're, you're being suppressed to protect something, not your rights, but their rights. And so you have to examine that. Why, why is that? I don't know. It was, it was just an early realization that there, there is a lot more under the hood here, as they say. And uh, it was it was the kind of invitation that like you need to go forward. But I should but I should also say that it was not easy. I mean, you you'll you'll relate to this because it's like what I found is when you report a story and there's abuse or abuses and let's call it let's say someone's being say they're being abused by uh, some corporation 
or an insurance company. And they've clearly recognized the what happened and are ready to come forward. And there's conviction. It's easy. Like, it's not easy, but it's it's not difficult once they make up their mind. With yeah. Hillsong, I found that there were all these people that, that were wanting to come forward and wanting to speak. But then there was this added layer of uh, the rest of their family is still in the church. And so, yeah. uh, again, this theme of Scientology, like if they came forward, they would be disowned by their family. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, you, you can't you just come forward and talk? And they'd be like, no, because my family will, they won't talk to me. I'll lose a lot of friends. And right. so that was like yeah. the real, the silent, you know, NDA, if you will. Wow. Um, so it's been hard. You've seen enough now to, uh, I mean, I guess feel pretty confident in moving forward. You touched on the similarities. Do you want to talk a bit more about what you, you know, now that it is coming up for four years of looking at, at this stuff, what are the similarities between a very powerful system like a Hollywood system that Harvey Weinstein existed in and, and this hugely powerful international church system of Hillsong? Mm-hmm. You know, I never would have thought there would be similarities on the on the front side of this for me. But looking back and, and talking this through with you, th- there's similarities at every turn. First of all, I should say one of the similarities is it takes an early person to speak out on on the on the abuse or the system or whatever it is. With Weinstein, it was Rose McGowan, yeah. and she came forward, and you know she will forever be the person in my mind, credited with bringing the system down. Uh, we, we were just there to help tell tell it. With Hillsong, I think that's in part you. You know, you were an early voice coming out and saying, this is, uh, I'm leaving. This is not right. You know, you wrote a book about it. And I think the other similarities is there, there's not, you know, there's a disbelief at first. There's attack the, the person who's come forward. But the bigger similarity is it's it's all a system, right? It's, a, it's not just one bad apple that is sure. There's probably a bad apple at the core of each organization, let's say. And I, I, when, I, when I speak about Weinstein, I, I, it is an organization. It, it was one person, yes, but it was, there is an organization of enablers. And I see the same thing here. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, there is a decision somewhere along the way, early on in the process, to kind of get in bed with the devil. And then everybody turns a blind eye and continues to turn a blind eye. Then they protect those decisions. And, you know, it, it just, it compounds year after year after year such that, you know, the system then protects the system. You know, it's, it's designed to protect the wrongdoing or the abuse. And it's really powerful because, it's essentially telling everybody below it or affected by it. Like, look, two plus two is not four, right? Like it's not four, like mm-hmm. you're seeing it the wrong way. And so I'm sure for people like you, it was like, you're the problem. It's not <laughs> us. You're the problem. Tanya. Right. I mean, was that your, that I have to believe that was your experience. Well, yeah. I mean, it, I look around and go, but God, can't anyone else say what's going on? But I mean, these systems do benefit certain people within them, I guess. It's it's this old question of, like, when do you get called into the back room and told what 
the secret is or how does that all work? And it's interesting because we're starting to see the enablers and the entourages and those kinds of people getting held more accountable. I know that R. Kelly's entourage and, and a ranges <laughs> of girls are, you know, getting looked at and, yeah, hopefully more of how those systems work will be pulled apart. Yeah, tell me more about, like, yeah, what else you see, similarities. I- you know, somebody along the way, some, some smart person who's been looking at Hillsong told me, like, for the majority of the people that, that go to church there and, and are part of this, like, they're not affected. You know, it, 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 they, they get something out of it. It's, it's good. And uh, they walk away at the end of the day having a church experience, I guess. And, you know, they move on. But the closer you get and the more you kind of get to the stage or you, you, you get to the inner circle, that's when like the. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hooks get into you, and that's when it's that's when it becomes a problem. And I think that's the same thing with the with the Weinstein enterprise. It's uh, you know w- once you're once you're given access to the the I don't want to say the crimes, but once you're given access to the dirty laundry uh-huh. and you're exposed to it, then it's like okay, now you've seen it, and now it's your 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 duty to uphold it and on the flip side that system is crushing for people you know especially in a church but in the case with you know i'm toggling you back and forth here but in the case of weinstein it was these actresses and these people who were you know believing and trusting in in a you know this church it's people who are going there for church and they're giving all sorts of their their time and money uh, in many cases and you know i've spoken to too many people who have spent years of their life and many of their dollars only to kind of be spit out the back of this machine with nothing and told to believe that or meant to believe that they are the problem and so i think once the majority of the people that have kind of feel that way understand that they're not alone 
this will begin to change. Wow. Just wondering, like, again, three, four years on from that whole Me Too movement, how much have things changed or do things go back to being the way they were once the publicity dies down and I wonder what will happen again in this case? What do you what do you think? Like do people just you know, the the more things change, the more they stay the same kind of thing? Or or what can we hope for apart from I guess awareness? I I don't know. My hope is that things have changed since Me Too. Uh you know, I'm not sure the quote Me Too movement is recognizable in what it what it once was, but I, I think it brought about an awareness and at least in the United States where I can where I can see it, a an understanding of what is completely unacceptable yes. in workplace and in in situations that was overlooked before twenty seventeen. Yeah. I believe that has fundamentally changed. You know, have we swung too far? Maybe. I don't know. I think we're still we're still in the process of it. With regard to to the stories about Hillsong, I mean I think there's more to come. I recently interviewed Jeff Bullock, who was basically one of the founding fathers of the church. And he, mm. he said, you know, the church has to make a decision right now. It's like, do they want to just come clean and own up to everything? Or are they going to proceed down the path of, you know, non-disclosures and, you know, maintaining the kind of entity. And if they do the latter, you know, I don't know if he said it's going to be the end of it, but, it's it's not good. If they come clean, you know, then that would be a very good thing and, and just kind of own up. But we'll see. I think it's the story's happening in real time. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more, I think, ahead. It started like, the, I, I think, and I'd be curious if you agree with me, but people like yourself, like writing a book, coming out, speaking, was it was the beginning of it. And that was years ago. But I think the Carl Lentz kind of like implosion Yes. Really kind of got the ball rolling. And I don't think they knew exactly how they were handling that situation. That it was like, I likened it to a, I, I think I pitched it to a, one of the articles to Vanity Fair initially. And I was like, this is like a cruise ship going at like, you know, however many knots fast. <laughs> and all of a sudden it hits like an iceberg and yeah. there's a massive hole in the, in the ship, but it's still cruising along. And Nobody really knows, you know, on, well, on, on top decks, what's going on. Yeah. And they're rearranging the deck chairs still. Yep. It's yep. incredible. Um, what do you see? I mean, you, you, you've been, you've been a watcher of this for now since you've left. And I, you know, there's not many people that know the, the, the kind of the machinations of it as well as you do. I mean, every, I mean, I seeing what everyone else is seeing, just so much fallout, so much damage, I guess, way more than. I ever anticipated, but I was just like anybody else and thought I was the only person. It was my fault and I'm exaggerating and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it is severe. The trauma that people experience is just way deeper, has a way greater impact and lasts for so much longer than I could, you know, have predicted from where I started. And there's just, I don't know, could you, tens of thousands of people affected around the world. I don't know because these people had 
have a very vast reach. So there is more to come. These are just the problems they've had are just little leaks from a, a very sick system, I think. And when the band-aids get ripped off or whatever analogies you want to use, don't know how bad it could get. I don't know. It's interesting. It's like you you watch their they're trying their social media. They're trying to keep a, keep good face and chin up and say the best is yet to come. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Is it? It's like just putting window dressing mm-hmm. on things a bit. It's such a powerful organization. I might call it company. Uh, yeah. That you know, if you think of like one of the things that I, I always used to say with with about Weinstein was like. If this guy put as much energy into like doing good and making actual films and stuff that mm-hmm. he did into su- suppressing and silencing, like he would be like even bigger because it was an inordinate amount of energy the guy put into like yes. dealing with his crises that he created. And so I, I kind of see that same thing here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's so many opportunities we think that they could have fixed things along the way made things so much better and you know then there wouldn't be all these criticisms now but yeah can you imagine fascinating personalities there hey like real digging in kind of narcissism there just doubling on down yeah i mean like their music is is really good and their 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 reach is massive and so you think, like, why not just open the books? Why not just be, you know, open yourself up to accountability and be mm-hmm. be honest, be just be forthright? And I think they're actually missing an opportunity to grow even more exponentially by doing so. Instead, they've made a decision, and we'll see. You know, we'll see what what happens. But my guess is it it's it's going to be a, a drip of people. Out of out of the church, if not if not more. I mean, I don't know. Are people leaving? Oh, the I mean, all the celebrities are, seem well, to have, have fled. Yeah, the numbers are down, and uh, the pandemic didn't help with any of that. But uh, yeah, and then the scandals and all of that. So you know, attendance is down, giving is down, which is a problem. But yeah, but like, but like, do you need all this money? Like that's. <laughs> I remember going to the going to some of these services in in Sydney and being like they. I think they asked for money like four different times throughout yeah, the. Yeah. I was about to say show, but uh, four different times, and I was kind of like, okay, I get the money thing, and the, you know, churches are powerful, but like, is it to expand God's kingdom, or is it to what is it? What is it all for? Yeah, there's a lot of expenditure. Mm. It's made me really, really jaded about organized religion. I now travel, I'm working on stories here and there, and I'll travel to some part of some town. I see like some church, like new, new Christ or new church. Yeah. And it's, got, it's like the markings of like all, all of them. And you're like, God, man, this is, um, I hope it's a good organization, but they all kind of just now rub me the wrong way. Yeah. And, and that's easy to happen. And, they do all bear a lot of similarities, hey? I mean, doesn't take long to kind of figure out what each one's about, really. No. <laughs> I mean, once you've, you know, done it as thoroughly as you have now. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to see where you think church, what happens to the church now? Does it 
in the next several years? Does it does it survive this? Does it? Well, look, all of these pastors that have gone their separate ways have all left with you know loving platitudes on the way out. There'll be new partnerships. There'll be you know these guys aren't going to like retire and just play golf. They you know they need that attention. They need that narcissistic supply they you know these guys are going to mm. keep going then they love the money and the attention and the power and i don't know if this particular brand will keep going i i guess so there's still a lot of brand loyalty but yeah there's quite a few unemployed pastors who are you know itching to get back into the pulpit in the front of the camera yeah no it's a powerful vehicle for sure i'd be curious to see what happens with brian houston's trial whether he gets convicted or not, I think that could have some sort of impact. I don't know. It's it's unclear to me. What are the feelings, do you think, in the States about the charges and, you know, he's going to trial? Is there any kind of feeling you get about that? You know, I don't speak with many people who are currently in the church, so I, I, I can only speak about it as a reporter. And I, I generally think people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the charges are, we don't have the same criminal charges here for protecting, you know, uh, concealing information like that. So I think they, they, they process it like, Ooh, the, the, the founder of the church is, you know, possibly going to jail if he gets convicted, but it kind of ends there. Their, their whole fascination here is like how the, the church imploded with, you know, the celebrities and the fallout and the New York pastor. And so it hasn't really sunk in, I think. Yeah, uh, all happened kind of quick, really. Just yeah. One thing after another. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, can we do this again? Can we catch up again in time to come? And- <laughs> Absolutely. What? <laughs> what? Um, I mean, you, you interviewed Jeff Bullock. Just recently, sorry, he spoke on camera for the first time with you to detail his experiences about leaving Hillsong. Are there any more people you've got uh, in your sights? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not nothing is imminent. And so I'm kind of taking a, a, a little bit of a, a, a breather, like, I'm not, I'm not also trying to pile on in this church. It's like if it's organically right and it's, it's someone wants to come forward, I want to give them that opportunity. With Jeff, it just so happened that after talking to him for three years, he finally was ready. He's like, I've seen enough. I've, I, I need just, I need to spend the time. Is, I finally feel like there's a protected enough space where I can come forward. And so, That's you know, I, I'd be curious how, how his interview is, is playing in Australia and for people who are mm-hmm. part of the early church, I've heard from a number of them privately saying, wow, like, yeah, that how, how, did, yeah. how did that happen? But that was great. And um, so, you know, I just, I, I hope it brings more people like Jeff to the fore, people like yourself, people who were there in the early days, people who know the, the inner workings and have been sitting on something because like i know for jeff it was like a cancer like just wanting to speak and having been in that position myself like where you're kind of walking around with this like secret you it it, 
it's not a good thing. And so to be able to kind of like speak out about it, I know it was cathartic for him. And uh-huh. I don't know. That's my hope for, for others who listen to it and I know it a lot people of that you interact with that, that they tell, they have them tell you their story. I mean, you could be the, uh, the central marketplace for this. Uh, well, I will, um, we'll send them to you. You happy if people want to reach out to come talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I'm also, I'm not the, the reporter who's like, you got to speak to me. I mean, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. they should just as, just as well trust you and come forward with you. You're the Weinstein guy. You're the Weinstein guy. Yeah, Thank- but, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you so, so much. Tanya, I enjoyed it. It's nice talking to you and I'm happy to anytime. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Keep bye, up bye. good work. Bye. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just uh, going to leave that there and leave you all covetous as all get out. Before we go, I want you to hear it from Ronan Farrow himself, from his award-winning book, Captain Kill. Rich McHugh did the right thing, even when it was the worst thing for himself, every time. Without his fierce ethics and the sense of mission in his bones not to mention the righteous indignation of his wife, Danny. We would have been lost. He's a hero, and he lives in New Jersey. Please share this episode as widely as you can so that people can get a little bit closer to understanding how these systems work and the similarities involved in power abuse and so much more. Thank you, listeners, leavers, believers, people who have had enough now and just want to get out, uh, stay in touch, send us some feedback, say hello, have a great week, and we'll talk soon. And keep leaving Hillsong. Bye. Was totally kidding about Jason Momoa. If Lisa Bonet is listening, I totally know the difference between Jason and, and Moses. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.